Welcome to another installment of the Emotion Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Thomas, engineer manager at Klarna, and another engineer manager at Klarna, Dimitro, as well. Today we're here to discuss um, building high performance engineering teams, which is obviously relevant to you chaps. But before we go into any more detail, let's just do a round of introductions. Dimitro, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, nice to meet you all. Oh, my name is Dimitro. I'm engineering manager from Larna, providing a great experience in post-purchase group. I have a wide background in different industries across uh, hospitality, payments, analytics, and uh, pretty interesting in the psychology and businesses. I have great hobbies in the traveling and driving car. So, next. Thomas? Uh, thank you, Richard. So, greetings, everyone. I'm Thomas. I've been an engineering manager at Klarna for the past two years. Uh, it's been a journey of many successes and many challenges, but I really enjoy it. Uh, currently, I am the engineering manager for a team called the Digital Office uh, team, which we're working with bringing um, catalogs, which are paper-based catalogs which have been digitized into the partner universe from an acquired application known as Stalkog. So a few years back, Lana purchased Stockpot and I'm working on bringing that success into the planning methods. On top of that, I am also an uh, engineering manager for engineering managers. So the challenges are a bit different with that, but uh, I'm really, really looking, looking forward to moving them forward as well. Uh, on top of that, yes, so my career spans about 14 years of development experience and enough, but with Coming up to about four and a half years of engineering management and leadership experience in a wide variety of fields from automotive to GIS, now financial solutions. The whole full spectrum there, it isn't it? Yeah, full spectrum. Okay, fantastic. We appreciate the, the introductions, chaps. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So obviously we're here to talk about building high-performance uh, engineering teams. It is very relevant. So I've reached out to each of you and you've all brought a question to discuss with each other. And um, what we'll do then, well, that's the standard process. We'll start with Dimitri with your question. And I know you brought a question saying, how can engineer managers integrate empathy and support to create an environment that increases team performance? Fantastic question, because it is quite crucial that these days, making sure that you do feel welcomed within the office and make sure you do understand your staff. But can you just go into a bit more detail for me and explain what you mean? Sure. I would also mention that empathy, it's not only written in the office, it's also supporting and coaching. It's understanding the personality of the teammates. It's understanding their development plans, paths that they would like to apply to their profession and to their career growth. It could also apply to the personal skills, soft skills, because uh, most times uh, engineers could not forget, but uh, deprioritize some communication skills, 
some personal growth skills, and uh, we as leaders need to support them on it. Building empathy inside of the team, and uh, it could be as engineer manager of managers, it's also applying to the managers. It's a pretty wide range of the possible um, integration of empathy and support that uh, everyone on the leader side can provide to others. And uh, I would like to chat uh, about this with Thomas. It should be pretty interesting discussion. How it's applying to your managers, to your reports? I'm thinking a little bit. Having the ICs that I have right now and building that empathy. Um, my previous manager, fortunately, he left planet. He has been, he actually brought me into the topics of creating empathy and creating sort of a, a safety net within your team. So, one of the biggest things, and there was a book, um, unfortunately, I've put the author name, but it's Fighter to the uh, It was a cup of fun for you now. Um, but there is a book which actually gives you the five steps of what is important within a team in terms of making the team a high-performing team. Um, one of the first things and one of the foundations is building trust. So building trust is, you know, icebreakers, things that we were talking about earlier, as well as the two truths on one day, what two truths on one lie, and just breaking the ice with everyone. So one of the first things in overall creating empathy is creating trust and psychological safety within that team. Right? That takes time. Um, depending also on the team and also on the structures of the team. Um, I have a team that is made up of a merger and acquisition as well as internal client users. And a very long time was spent trying to, let's say, build that empathy and build upon that empathy so that, you know, the people open up and they trust each other so that they can start opening up to me as a manager as well as to each other to start developing. Yeah, it must be quite difficult considering if you're acquiring the team and you've already got another team. It's always always seemed like oh, they the enemy in a sense, even though you try to work together. Cool, cool. Yes, there's very let's say conflicting cultures. Yeah, and you have to find that balance between the two cultures to find and move the move the team forward. I, but ultimately, what it comes down is to creating empathy in the team would be creating psychological safety within that team so that they feel safe enough and they trust you enough to start speaking to you, not just about work, not just about what's happening, but they become more comfortable with you to also start talking to you about career development, personal problems, and you start picking up on those things that you can help them and you understand that, all right, if there is a personal problem, they will come to you. They will talk to you about it and, you know, then you can go to the team and say, all right, my one may see, he needs a bit of a break, and like, but you don't go into the details because that's the trust that you had with him, so he needs a little bit of break. Um, he'll be working on something else, or you give them the, the time to actually come from that. So I'm totally agree. Totally agree. Only one point that I would like to add: where is this from your side, from your opinion? Where is this border where personal problems come into work and to to you as a manager? Um, because otherwise, you can just be a solver of personal problems of your seeds and not to be a manager and not to be like coach or a mentor but mostly like just resolve their hard situations. Yeah, this is the fine line that you have to try and figure out with each person. Um, and this comes in with each individual. Every individual is different, and you have to learn where that line is. So, right? You also have to tell them and reassure them that, right, we're here to do a job, right? We're there to do a job, and not here to solve all yeah. personal problems. There are tools and things that are in place the company offers, that yes, that they will help them on 
a more deeper psychological level. We can just give them space and time to do that, right? Um, but if you go too deep, then just that line gets very blurred and it's not very healthy for you or the team um, because then you start understanding the person on a psychological, deep psychological level, which won't help in the long run to uh, build the team. Yeah, regarding this, uh, it, the book surrounded by idiots very helped me to start to understand not only the different type of personalities, but also how should I react and not overreact to one or another characteristic, because it's possible to deal uh, with any kind of uh, person and uh, different type of character, but still you need to know some specification. If we started at all by engineers, uh, it should really help to know some specification to avoid difficult and uh, tough situation across teams. So yeah, it's uh, valuable points. Well, I wish you started reading the book. Oh, I'm actually mad. Like, it's one third of the way through uh, surrounded by it's very good book. I'm very good to anyone to read that. Um, yeah, so I also understand that um, I also, in my 20s, roughly in my 20s, I, did, I read a lot of books around psychology about yet to be body language and culture there, which is helping me right now to be a better engineer manager to, to develop these these teams of high performers. Uh, that is also that takes experience that takes time to actually learn. Um, and it also depends on how the team functions together. Um, you have to basically try and find so a golden place where everyone is comfortable with each other so that you can product sort. And involve it at the same time because you can involve all the person who interested in the topic. You need to involve all the team because otherwise you concentrate in all this only one person and if he's sick or leave, then you're in big troubles. And you need to involve yourself first and then onboard as a price of the team. Uh, and across it, it's uh, also about the trust, how you trust your team so they can take some decision a part of your availability. Because if you also like uh, participate in every meeting, participate in every decision maker, then your vocation as a team stumbled. This is also another one of those, which ties into what I was talking about as well with psychological safety and the trust. Uh, within my team to try and build the, each one of the ICs into a uh, self-sufficient member of the team that actually is self-organizing and accountable for what they do. So as we specifically said right now, stepping out of every decision, every uh, meeting and things like that, that should be our ultimate goal as engineering managers is to enable our team to be accountable and to make those decisions. And we should step in when we see it going in the wrong direction. Definitely. And also in this way, you can support other VCs that would like to become an engineering manager because you can't just be engineering manager like another morning. You need to grow step by step and it's a good opportunity for that. Yeah, I fully agree with that as well. And the question goes out, say for example, is it over a new team? It's brand new, trash out of the box. There's no trust. What is the first step you do to build that trust? Well, the first thing I did, because I got thrown into a new team, um, it was my choice as well to do this. So I, when I started with the new team that I have right now, the first thing we did was organize offsite because my team is very segregated. I had people in Malaga, Stockholm, um, and Mannheim, and Berlin. So the first thing was, was, to, build, was to get um, everyone into one room so that we can understand each other, so I can read their body language, I can read how they react to each other, how they work with each other. And what I started with there is I did uh, trust exercises. So usually when I do my off-sites, I, to build the empathy, to build trust, 
I always dedicate one day just to the team on the north side. Okay. And on that day, we do communication exercises. We do trust exercises. And just to learn about each other uh, from a personal and professional perspective. What I did realize is when I did the first trust exercise, the team dynamics changed very rapidly. So from the first awkward moment, we all stepped into a room and we started talking to each other. And we basically started with uh, the day of getting to know each other. What was our plan? What was our mission? What was our product? What we were going to do? And then we got to the stage where we did uh, a trust exercise where it is basically, it was a few questions, but these were questions which relate to like, what was the most difficult part of your life yeah. to shape at you. So very, very, so let's say intimate questions. And the thing is, with this exercise, I don't force anyone to do it. It's if they want to do it and they want to share, then it's good. If they don't want to share, then I need more work with that person to get them to that stage. But the nice thing is the team embraced that exercise. And usually the first time that someone does this exercise, when I did it the first time, you'll get tears of rattle. Showing vulnerability. It was one of the first things that you can do to actually show that you show vulnerability, create that psychological safety all day. I would not agree that it's uh, providing psychological safety. You're playing on the emotions. And when people started to chat about something that still can be painful for them. They definitely feel vulnerable. So it's, I do not agree about such exercises. I'm not so fun. Uh, for my opinion, it's more, uh, about, I mean, building trust, it's a bit more step-by-step step that you can do in one day of, of side. Uh, and it's more providing communication and get this person more deeper uh, for several weeks, for several months. Another story, it's of course a great team building, team bonding, when uh, it's uh, providing some kind of opportunity to get to know each other and uh, maybe find new friends, new colleagues, get it, get them know a bit better, but not agree about that it's providing trust. It is interesting. I was just thinking in the back of my head that a bit of a danger of rewarding Thomas's new tea when I was crying the eyes out in the corner, but hell, that's a good stress test to make. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, um, there's always a possibility that it's going to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, this is the thing. It's I've also, what, what you said, it, it is a possibility, right? It is. It is crossing sort of a line. But you need to get them to stop showing vulnerability. So throughout the next phases, you can actually build that trust up. Um, because I, what I've learned is when I do this exercise, I've done it two, three teams already, is that I've seen that they start opening up and they start, um, they start speaking more about the problems that they're facing on a professional level. Right? So it, it, it opens them up to say, all right, I showed my vulnerability to the team. Right? So I'm not afraid now to say, well, I don't agree with what you're saying here on what, how we use the products. Um, this one observation I have noticed, I was in, but this way, I had my previous manager actually the exercise with us, and I started using that as well. And the first time he did it, it was also a very, very difficult exercise to do. Yeah. But the questions for these, well, for managers, they were a lot more intense. And the ones for the icings are a lot less, uh, let's say, personal. So. Yeah, I agree. And maybe for start, on the first of sites, you can start not with some personal, so, but for example, your professional fuck-ups, everyone has it. So it's much easier and it's not related to the personality and it's uh, better when especially team didn't know each other. I mean, well, if it's only like several weeks and it's new personalities and maybe it could be easier. Yeah, and I think that's 
When we did the beats one, that was a very intense one. That was very in-depth. That was emo- that was playing a lot on emotions. But when I did it with the ICs, it's it's toned down a lot. So as I say, it's like what was the what were your challenges and lights? Um, what was the one of the ones we worked on, which actually got a lot of well, a lot of like uh, reactions for it was what was one of your biggest mistakes you've done up to this point, and um, do you regret? Which which opened up a lot of like let's say. Uh, Flat dates. Okay. Okay. Well, Dimitri, you're a new scholar and you've got engineering budget. How did you come in? How did you take over your team? How have you built the loyalty and trust within your team? Education on the one to one for me is the best option. Uh, it's providing some kind of also safe environment because you're one on one. Yeah. And uh, it's not something where you come in one month, several months, definitely it's a bit cross and understand. Also depends on the personality type. Uh, because, of, uh, for example, more introverts, uh, definitely it will take maybe a year. And it's point not of uh, this person not trusts you. He doesn't trust anyone. Uh, it's uh, You need to show that he can trust you. It's a bit um, comprehensive way, apart of uh, you showing that let's trust everyone. So it's kind of different and uh, could be tricky. Apart of... Uh, Introverts, extroverts is really going very easy and they can chat with you, they can provide some personal details and you can time to time a bit jump a bit into it and uh, provide more and more details from your life, from your problems, share a bit. But still, uh, for me, it's pretty important to keep a board because uh, especially uh, sharing a lot of personal details could be fine with your peers, but not with your rep. Because if you totally ruined this line of record that you there manage, it's starting to be a problem with some uh, hard topics. Could be even salary review. Yeah, and this person was performing just good or normal or bad. And to communicate it to like a friend, it's much more difficult rather than communicate to a But if you still have this empathy, but not friend relationship. It's of course much easier because you provide and understand that you feel sorry that uh, he didn't get anything in sense of salary review or promotion, but at the same time you're providing details and how this person can improve for the next time, and you're ready to support. And uh, it's uh, for me it's my way, but uh, almost providing uh, good suggestions as well. It's. Uh, I said combining, <laughs> it would be like the best option for everyone. <laughs> I fully agree with you as well. I do agree on the one-on-ones and the communication. Because my foundation to anything is communication and open communication and, and transparency of what we do. Um, the one question I have for you is like, all right, the one-on-ones and the communication is, is key, but how do you um, create this empathy between each of the ICs? Right? How, what, what exercises have you done to uh, integrate T to work together? It's good question, thanks. Uh, for myself, I found uh, participating in the pair tasks. It's not connected to the pair programming. It's a bit another story. Uh, but uh, when it's very close, or even it could be the same task for two person, they started to work and chat like, okay, I can take this part, I can take this part. And uh, the most important and easiest way for the manager if this two person did great every each other part, so the puzzle is done, 
and they feel very comfortable to work with each other. They like trust each other because know that person one finish, person two finishes, work done, and they spend like fifty percent less time. And it's uh, combining, and uh, you can iterate like several times more, and even add like whole team to work on one project, where some subtasks a bit overwhelming each other, but at the same time provide a big picture. Yeah, I think I agree there. I think the best way to move forward with it is a case of like a common goal. Planning how the team works, that common goal, and that make sure they're rewarded for that common goal. And that that really brings up a lot of camaraderie straight off the bat. So you're obviously there for one goal and look to work together. Yeah, for maybe that's why. Yeah. So it's getting the mission, like there's about insights aligning with the goal with all the team members. Yeah, because I love of sites in terms of uh, team building and chat and get a bit better each other at least from on the emotional level because Zoom not providing this emotion. And I'm so happy that this podcast coming is the real life. Yeah. So and it's not easy to read us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, sales for this uh, and providing this emotion on the real life is helping you to understand the emotional intellect of the person so how he is react or overact underact for some situations coming across the team and across the world it could be even i don't know some hard tough situation in the restaurant where it's like Subcures and you need to wait, and some people start in nervous uh, around, and you can okay. I know that uh, in her situation, we need to keep on and uh, control that everything is going smoothly. Uh, but unfortunately, especially in the COVID time, when everyone uh, was remote, it's impossible to get uh, on offsite. And yeah, for me, uh, so, sorry, uh, for me, I found that this Zoom team buildings. It's not work. I've been as well, but then it's never worked. So yeah. the other side, um, the energy is very different to when people are sitting inside a room um, to someone sitting in front of the camera. Probably not the sitting in front of the camera is there's the distraction. It's always a distraction. Right? There's always something happening here. Well, there, if you have two or three screens set up or you've got the stack going out and you're not there, when you're in person, you're fully engaged. Yeah, I think since back on to that, I think it's a case of when you got a call and if people are aware from, especially the, the pandemic times, it was a case of they might look small and attire on top, but they usually wear pajamas underneath. So it's, it's small bits like that just go to show, like, are these guys actually engaged? Are they switched on? Are they coming? We've all done it, I'd say. But it is a case of are they actually here to build on this or are they a case just to be here for an intended score, really? Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, I would say that for offsite, like Zoom format is bad. But for some fun part, fun time of team, it's cool. Why not? Uh, we have like every week, 30 minutes to play some fun stuff. Couldn't yeah, agree. We, we have every two weeks, we have a game. Someone, someone for the game online, a certain place. So play like kernels. We do need uh, scribble stuff. We don't like uh, murder mysteries and things like that. Oh, it's awesome. It's just like an, they call them breakaway rituals, which just gives gives people the time to break away from the regular, regular work. Um, just going back to like what we were talking about previously, um, I found the name of the book that I was talking about. It's called The Five Dysfunctions of the Team. Right, okay. We use it by, uh, it is written by, uh, Settle, Pantrink, Salon, then Connie. Yeah, you'll have to send me that after this podcast. Very good, a very good book. And this one is the one that I was talking about for building the psychological safety. They have the five pillars and the first 
foundation is trust. Yeah. And then it goes into like accountability and everything that uh, the team needs to actually move forward and perform um, well. So I recommend that book to anyone. Actually, we are we in Klarna actually we have, uh, if you go to the link, there's actually a big train in the book. But that's good. At least they're caught up back and getting fantastic. Well, to me, sure, I know we spent a lot of time in a question there. Did that sort of answer your question overall? Yeah, so it was a great discussion. I, I really enjoyed the discussion on lots of insight as well from you. And as it was said in the beginning, that every engineering manager has to find his way with his team because every team is different. Yeah. One thing might work in this team that I'm working in, but what to me is that what I'm doing might not work in his team. So it's up to us as managers to actually figure out how the team functions yeah. and what are the limits of each person and how far we can, let's say, get to that border without breaking boundaries. Or breaking the person at the same time. Breaking the bus, yes. Uh, but that's another story. Yes. Right, Thomas, then what was to your question? Um, you mentioned when building high-performance teams, how do you measure the performance and what are the key metrics you use to measure the performance of that team? Now, can you just divulge it a little? Yeah, well, there's still one of the questions that has been on my mind for a while. Um, it's like, when, when you say high-performing teams, what do we mean by high-performing teams? Right? Is it the amount of your tickets that must through? Is it that they're delivering on time? Is it that, you know, they open up and things like that? And what what do you do which you use as to measure what is a high-performing team? Because I know teams that, you know, they can be pushing, 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 delivering, delivering, delivering. But they might not be seen as high performing to you because the metrics are different. And I've, I've had this person of mine for a while. How do we measure performance? Thanks, Thomas. Awesome question. Uh, I would like to start with that for me, first of all, it's one of key points is delivery. We all care to deliver the results, deliver the product, deliver the best customer experience. So here we are. And uh, if team doing it on time or faster, it's good. Then definitely we come into the quality because it's compromise, speed or quality. Yeah. <laughs> Rare case where both are like on the top level. Uh, and uh, it's a good question how we measure quality, right? So if it's uh, collected to the, some metrics like rent rates, customer satisfaction, it's one story. But uh, if we're talking about engineering side and like uh, code quality, it's uh, something that we can measure daily and even weekly, maybe it can be measured as a tech depth, as it's thick, and uh, uh, we still have pull request reviews, and but it's not providing all times the same. But this is like the technical side, so measuring performance. Uh, let me finish. Uh, we started, you know, like as technical engineering manager, we firstly need to decide how it's from the technical side. Yes. Uh, yeah, and speed and quality is two key measurements for me for the technical part. A part of it, we come into team satisfaction. It's the same way customer satisfaction, but uh, from other side, from the user. Um, is Tim a good question and pretty open one? Uh, if you will ask it on the daily, most likely the answer will be yeah, yeah, yeah all good. But uh, apart under it, it could be like, but and then under this bot like uh, tons of points where you uh, need to work as a manager because it's because the top deadlines uh, very bad communication between different teams or anything related to this and uh, 
I would like to add to the team satisfaction a big four. Is team aligned it on the product? Yeah. It, it's uh, number four in my list. Because if team understand what they're doing, they most likely will be at least a whole percent. Half percent. We also have questions like that. We do a weekly survey in the retros that we're doing as well. And that is one of my questions also it's the fault of the place. Do we know what we're getting in the next two weeks? Do we know where we're going further? And are we aligned with the, with the listening goals of overall? And when, when we take that into account, all right, we know because we've set up what the vision is, we've set up what everything is. But when you get to questions like, are you happy at your current workplace? Or are you happy with um, the overall like rituals that we have? That's really like, do you so, yeah, I understand. And uh, it's most likely will be the same question when you ask a person, are you happy with your current position in your company? Most likely answer will be yes. But on the report, it could be, ah, but uh, I could be promoted like one year ago, the salary could be higher and blah, blah, blah. Uh, for me, it's like uh, we can do everything to make team satisfaction on the top level. Uh, it will provide the same result on the team performance. Because if person's happy and understand what need to do, most likely he will perform well. But the problem, um, not anyone could be excellent perform and even higher than normal. In every team you will find a bit low performer, high performer. It could be one or two person from the team, and other will be just normal. And it's not bad. It's good. Because if everyone will be high performers, you will be in a very tough situation. You will just need to create a tickets for them just to do something because otherwise they will not fit satisfied because they can capacity to do more rather than you can provide. And it's also point to start series. It's okay, I need to change something. It's time to move. I thought I agree with that. Um, I did get to a stage with my previous team. They were at the following work was there. So that's when I switched to giving them the accountability and creating tickets and thinking. So I gave them the responsibility of, um, let's say, creating tickets, managing tickets, and managing that aspect of So basically leading and um, running that that part of a deliverable that we had to do, which allowed me to step away and focus more on other topics or the new new things that we were working on. And um, that has helped, and that, that created a very high-performing team. Um, so there are many, many ways to do it. Yeah, I uh, agree. Like in the previous question, there's many possibilities. Uh, also, I would like to add that it's also about the trust because uh, you found a great example where you trust your team and uh, they provide the same high results as you will in the delivery process, tickets and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's it's a great example. I like it. Yeah, and like I said, we've been able to, the previous team, uh, Unfortunately, I did it to another like, very confident engineering manager, and I moved up to the new team. And within that team, uh, we were, with the trust and the performance that we did, we actually managed to lower our costs by you know, our AWS costs by about 90% by redesigning and reworking and giving them the power to work with it. So they found all the issues, they rebuilt them. That, and I must admit that the team is, is at a state that you give them a task, an overall task, and they'll find out all the details for us. They'll break it down. So they, they think like in new positions where they take the technical solution and they break it down and they align just with the, with the engineering manager and what was to be done and align with the stakeholders. So that's, that's my goal for my new team, but that's still a few months away. Great, great sense. 
but they also have a sub question to you in terms of it's nice to have a super performing team, but uh, it could be on the one project. How we can ensure that it will be the same on the another project? How we can uh, retain this high level of performance? For me, it's um, engagement and uh, also providing feedback and uh, providing open opportunities to the team. Because new product, it's new opportunities, and uh, you can help someone to grow and show their capabilities to drive needs. Yeah, this is what um, this is what I'm trying to reproduce with the new team. So I've been working with them for eight months, and this is the one thing was building that trust. So it took a few months to actually build the tr- build enough trust, and the the trigger came when my ICs came to me because we were building the product, we were building new new, new things, and I was leading most of them and, and helping out in certain areas. And the trigger was when there was enough trust for my IC to come to me and say, I want to do this. Then I knew that they are ready to take on the new challenges and to move forward. So I can basically step away and start focusing on other things. Um, but that, as we said in the previous one, it takes time to build that trust. Um, I could have gone to them earlier and said, all right, you're going to lead this, you're going to do this. But they weren't. They might not be winning at that point yet because they must be overwhelmed. They might not have the capacity and things like that. But like I said, when the trigger came with in one offsite, two people came to me and said, I want to leave this and I want to leave this. Where we have we basically have like it's three pipelines of three different pipelines of development going on on one product and one person wanted to leave the one and one person wanted to leave the other one. And in one offsite they both came to me and I say, That's a good trigger. And that was like, All right, now you guys are going. And I just oversee some of the documentation. I step into more, most of the meetings still, but I let them lead. I let them be accountable for what they're doing. Yeah, that's really great. I like it. And that has led it to actually the team becoming very performed. So we managed to deliver an MVP slightly, I think, two or three days October. And now we're delivering the first like automated version of that MVP in July. So it's it has shown in me that, you know, that it would Going with the building the trust, getting the people to come to you and say it's not to do it, has led to them to have to fall what they need, what is what is basically requested from them. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, it also could be working such opposite way. But some person coming to you and uh, I would like to grow in this way. And then, okay, it's pretty easy. Here you go. Try to lead it. Show your capabilities. Show that you can do it. And then it could be a strong case. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, that's the cases that I'm building right now for, let's say, next year's ACRs that they're dealing with projects. But when they all, when they're just getting into that, there's still a lot of, uh, let's say, support that you need to give them and guide them through it. And, and you basically shadow them for a while just to see if they're managing with the more difficult communications, more difficult stakeholder management, and helping them and guiding them and basically mentoring them into that leadership position. And then it's also um, in the one-on-ones, the trust and stuff. We all, I get to a stage where I ask them what direction you want your career to go. Do you want to become a people manager or do you want to become an architect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. same story. Pretty understand. It's like two different, two different courses. And two options, basically. And two options. Or you will still be a C. It's also the opportunity. Yeah. The question goes, you've got IT in. That's performing well. How do you integrate them? Doing the all sides, you're carrying constantly building um, the, let's say, new trust, working uh, communication, open, transparent communication. Yeah. Um, 
that is helping to keep them going. So when they're on difficult times, um, we try and, as a team, try to get through those difficult times. Yeah. So um, there is a lot of work that needs to go into that and to keep that going. That's why we, we are here as where we are as engineering managers because we have to manage these people to keep on to keep on formal. And to do that, I use these like techniques of offsites. I also give uh, on the offsites. Also started giving each one of my ICs a slot on the offsite to do icebreakers to do to also get into that perspective of presenting but, and uh, doing something with the team so that they can keep on going. I can also see how this to build and let's say trust and build up the team. Thanks, totally. But would like to add uh, one note. I would like to start with find the problem or try to understand what's the problem. Because then you can more easily provide offsite for some specific topic and the same like one to one and build a connection trying to resolve it on the more, let's say, people level when you connect it to your teammates on the one to ones. Uh, but also sometimes it could be not connected to the team problem and not uh, connected to, to some personality problem, but for the company level problem or even some kind of hire because, yeah, when we did the Green Day um, weeks ago, we were in Stockholm, or we, um, I, we did an exercise around this. So we basically did um, identifying problems. Um, but I know that there's a lot of company problems which people are constantly, uh, let's say, moaning about and many things. So what I asked each one of my engineering managers to do is to steal a conversation so it's the problems that we as engineering managers can solve. But there are a lot of, let's say, a lot of uh, things also came out in different sessions and things like that, which are not related to, let's say, team level or group level, but company-wide. And those problems are, let's say, out of our control. Yeah, but uh, if every engineering manager will have a clear communication with the reports and know their problem, even if it's company level, and then engineering manager reports upper, 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 it's a chance to change and fix these problems. Otherwise, if not trying to understand the reason and jump a bit more deeper. Yeah, and we do a lot of exercise and jump a lot deeper, so I have very clear line of communication with my knowledge. And we also have like engineering tacticals constantly to align on the problems that we have starting deeper as engineering managers and see where we can solve things. Um, going down to the ICs, we try and do things like exercise and around uh, problem identification. What are, the, what are the biggest pain points that you have right now? Not just, you know, within the team, but overall, just to see where, where we have a lot of retros about how you're feeling right now, what is your current situation, what do you think of the team, why can't we improve things? And we have, like, in-depth things, which things that we as a team can work on, in the group we can work on, and in the domain we can work on, and also things that can on a role to work on. Right? So I have all those, and I do communicate that high as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, I also would like to add reflection and self-reflection. I uh, started to try a new exercise across the team. Um, I asked everyone to reflect. It could be every day, every week, bi-weekly, one time per month, up to personal and up to his memory. Um, for me, it's mostly by Friday because otherwise I will forget everything that was <laughs> last week. Uh, and just write down what you did right, what you did wrong, what you can improve, and try to sell self reflect and understand where you have celebrations and uh, this is also point for the next ACR it's very easy because you can group to months to year and have a clear picture but it's also providing um, 
self-knowledge to the person that he is good, he is great, he's doing a lot, he's at least. But sometimes uh, uh, some engineers across the company could feel underrated, not like uh, uh, just because of the situation that they were assigned not to the top priority features. It's also important. Without these features, like a company will not work, but still it's not the highest visibility to everyone. And uh, if they have the tons of small fixes, small features that they provided, they feel better. Yeah, um, I certainly agree with you. And this is one of the problems that was highlighted in our group is that recognition um, of the ICs to higher levels things like that was not visible. The guy in the group did a fantastic job and then they performing as they were and they're eliminating every time. Um, the, those successes were not shared, let's say, wider than, than the group was to play at. And this is something that we also worked on to get that in the domain. Share more of, um, let's say, of the successes of each of the ICs. So, yes, yeah, so it is a very, very big problem. And thank you for that. Yeah. Okay. With this discussion, I know we've touched a lot on trust by the looks of it. If you want to have a good, good, uh, high gauge team and great performance, trust is one of the core foundations that you need to build on. I was saying two. And um, Dimitri actually touched something very nice as well communication. Yeah, trust. Those are the two foundations um, for any for any group. I would add one more reflection. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we can like close the circle. <laughs> agree with reflection. I actually do it as a personal exercise to exercise to myself when Kamiji does it once a week. I also do it once a month and I reflect on what has gone on, what's gone right and I am a better person for that but I do I will take a suggestion as well and, and take it over to my IC somebody and also we We do the retros and things like that but it's not a true reflection. It's not a true like sit down and thinking to yourself what is what went wrong, what went right. So I really like that idea. Yeah, and definitely something that you most likely will need to teach them because it's pretty hard to start doing it. Maybe you can show example and some one-to-one try to reflect together. Uh, but after it, I think that uh, almost everyone will like it and will, it will provide benefits. Yeah, we ourselves, we uh, I now reflect once a week and it's a great way to close off at first. It's quite hard to value it. Once you do it for a few times, you actually sit there and go, actually, what I achieved over the course of the week or month, wherever the process is. And it is quite nice to say that actually, I've actually done stuff this month or this week. You know, you, you might not think about that. You think, oh, this week's been terrible. But we actually analyze it, my inputs are there. You just feel like the outputs sometimes. Yeah, I also try and rebuild um, when we do the offsets, I try and reflect on the past alters. Yeah. What we have achieved, who has achieved what have we done last, which is to also. Bring to their attention that this is all the things that we've done, then we're going to put them out of things. The same, but doing by weekly or weekly because otherwise, in the end of portal, it's no chance. And really, how are you doing? Teach me. The weekly one is good to start off with, but I've been doing this, like I said, for about 10 50 years. So, <laughs> so and I've been reflecting almost every month. So, it, it, it comes it comes to be quite quickly when I'm like, oh, yeah, I know I did this wrong, and I know this, I can improve on this, I can do that. But I agree. Yeah, but that, as you get used to it, you, you, you can slowly start doing it, uh, you know, a bit further. It also depends on the person. I know there's some people, like they say, Monday starts, Friday ends. What happened last week? I should not. You're true story. I am, uh, like, very photographic. So I remember a lot of conversations, a lot of, oh, I don't know. Oh, fantastic. So if someone asks me something, 
I've had situations where people have told me something about themselves and two years down the line, I'll ask them how that work. By the way, that's that's that bells of a lot of innocence. I'll just remember lots of me. That's that's trust exercise and so I obviously you think, wow, this guy's actually listened to me. I should like this guy. And reflection. Well, that is great. This is great. I love it. Essentially, my reflection for the red show, because I think it's quite nice. It's a streamlined piece going into the retro as well. I think you should a bit more need to go with the retro with it at the same time. addition to talk about one thing. But, chaps, is that everything we want to discuss today? I'm very happy with like what we discussed. Lots of insight to that. Really, thank you, Dr. Corson. Sharing your thoughts. Same here. Since Thomas and Squeeze was amazing. Well, that's it. Well, chaps, we'll leave it there. This is obviously going to be the Eagle Ocean Exchange podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Thomas, Dimitro, thank you very much. Appreciate it uh, very much. Have a fantastic day, whoever's listening, and we'll catch you soon.